Welcome to the Into the Wilderness podcast. I am your host, Byron Pace, and this is the Behind the Lens series. It is the 15th of July, 2020. For those of you who are new to the podcast, we run a long-form conversation, which is out every two weeks on a Thursday, where I talk to people immersed in the outdoors, be that explorers, scientists, policy advisors, economists, hunters, fishers, farmers, or geologists, If it involves our planet and the natural environment, we want to talk about it. In the in-between weeks, we alternate between this series, Behind the Lens, and Science Shorts, where we take a deep dive into very specific topics focused on the science of conservation. Anyway, that is the format, so that you know. In this show, I have the privilege of getting into the mind of some incredible creatives once a month, from filmmakers to designers and writers, to get the stories behind the stories. In this episode, I'm joined by Tito West, the art director of Modern Huntsman, and Elias Carlson, who is the driving force behind the design of the publication. We get into their minds by looking at two stories which are published in volume five. If you want to get a sneak peek of these articles, if you don't have a hard copy in your hands, uh, which I know that they're being distributed to people as this podcast goes out, then head over to the Modern Huntsman Instagram, or you can have a look at mine, at Byron J. Pace, where you can get an insight into the spreads that we talk about uh, and the imagery that we discuss in this podcast. If you would like to support the show and help make them happen every week, head over to patreon.com forward slash pacebrothers and you'll see a whole heap of tiers in there and levels of support. It can be as little as $1 a month and it really does make a difference. Every dollar makes it possible for me to bring these shows out every week. And if you don't want to do that, then maybe you can head over and rate and or review the show wherever you listen to this podcast. That is enough from just me. Let me now welcome Tito West and Elias Carlson to Behind the Lens. Elias, Tito, welcome to the Into the Wilderness podcast, Behind the Lens. Now, Tito, you have been on before, but Elias, you have not. Uh, It's great to have you on with me today. And this is going to be something a little different to what we normally do, because I think to this point, all the Behind the Lens episodes have been with photographers and we have talked very specifically about, you know, three, four, five photographs. But in this one, I wanted to get your two brains together so we could talk about the layout and the content that sat within two articles that are coming out in this next issue of Modern Huntsman Volume 5, which we've all been working on over the last few weeks. It's hard to believe that it's going to be uh, in people's post boxes, I think in the next few days. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? Knowing that people are going to finally lay their eyes on weeks and months of hard work. And I'm I'm pretty excited for people to see this. Tito and I have spent a lot of time just kind of talking, talking on our phones and and going back and forth on all the details on this thing. And there's a lot that's gone into it, so it's going to be really fun to see it out in the wild. Yeah, I think you know a few. Well, I think a few weeks ago, it would have been a little bit, you know, more uh, 
anxious about it just because we'd spent so much time working on it. But now it just feels like it's time to get it out there. And it's it's been good to have some distance from it, to wrap it up, get it off to the printer, and then let it kind of sit for a while and go back and revisit it over time. And um, I, it's like I do with my photographs. I always need a little distance from the work. And once you gain that, you can really start to see it for what it is. And so I think what Elias has done with this one is um, it's it's extraordinary. It's unlike anything I think that's been done in this space before. So I'm excited to see how it's received. Elias, tell me when you came on board uh, and sort of took over the design of Modern Huntsman, where did you pick up from and what was your mindset and discussions with, with everybody, including Tyler, going forward? What was your vision for what you wanted to be, what you wanted it to be, and how to best portray this information to people? And sometimes these stories are incredibly complicated or sometimes very controversial. And the importance of laying these out in a way that complement the narrative that's within it. Yeah, well, I I feel pretty fortunate because um, I received such a such a solid foundation from Katie Smith, who did the first three or yeah three volumes. Because I I guess I did volume four as well. Um, yeah. And she so she she established the brand kind of the brand initial brand voice in the first three volumes. So when when we first started on volume four, it was pretty easy to take what she'd done and just kind of massage it a little bit, kind of bring my own voice to it a little bit, but. I had explicit instructions from Tyler and the rest of the minor huntsman team not to take anything too far. So when volume five came around and they brought Tito on as art director, it was, we were given a little bit more freedom to do what we wanted to do with it um, within the established brand that we had. So this was a volume that we kind of got to stretch our legs on a little bit while still hewing to that uh, really solid foundation that Katie had established in the early issues. And I, I think a good place to start to, try and explain this to people I hopefully the people who listen to the podcast can go and have a look if they don't if they don't actually have a copy of volume five in their hand which they might not by the time this goes out uh but we, we, i'm going to put some um screen grabs of the tear sheets uh which of, of the two articles that we're going to talk about today uh, one called um the sea is history which we're going to talk about net uh first and the second one is all on on the history of the nosler family and and the company now the sea is history uh, Tito, you wrote this and you did the photography in there. Just give me an insight, uh, an overview of the story before we kind of get into the imagery and how it's laid out to complement that story. Because <clears throat> I remember uh, doing, I think, a first edit of this with you and it really, really blew me away. Well, thanks a lot. I mean, I appreciate that. It's it's a story that I'm very close to. I've actually been working um kind of on something very similar myself over the past four years. And it's really, it's in my backyard. And so I spent so much time, you know, throughout the year traveling and working a lot overseas and a lot of my work is focused overseas. I don't have a lot that focuses on, on home. And um, I've got a very close kind of personal tie to the Texas coast here. And it's this, you know, really obscure kind of stretch of land that most people don't associate with Texas. Um, and it's just, it's a place I grew up and it's, you know, home is always home. And so it's, you know, I'm very close to it, but Tyler reached out to me and, you know, asked if I was interested in doing a story on JT Van Zandt. Um, I've known JT for a couple of years and, you know, I mean, when he told me kind of what it was immediately, I said, yeah, I, I, absolutely. This is like a, you know, a dream of mine to go do this story. It's something I'm working on anyway. So, 
I went and met JT down in, in Rockport, um, a few hours south of where I live from here. And JT is the son of the late singer songwriter Towns Van Zandt, who, you know, he's, his father is actually a huge, um, inspiration to me. You know, a lot of kind of what he sings about and how he sings about it is, is kind of very similar to how I approach my photography. And so not only, um, the environment, JT himself, but his past and everything, um, we have a lot of similarities there and just, it's a story I really connected with. So I went and spent a day on the water with him and, you know, we were supposed to talk about traditions and fly fishing. And I mean, I think it was like six hours into being on the water. We were like, we better catch a fish. We were supposed to do something here, not just talk. But we had these really, you know, I mean, it was, it, it, that's just the nature of who JT is. You you kind of use fishing as a metaphor for um, looking at life in a bigger context. And I think a lot of his clients get that sort of philosophical experience with him. So, um, yeah, we spoke for a long time. We talked about some pretty deep things and talked about, you know, our connection to this place. And I wasn't really sure, you know, I only spent, I guess like, you know, seven hours or so with him total. And, um, I left not really knowing if I had the photographs that I wanted and, and the photographs, frankly, were like, they were kind of a second thought and I wasn't really photographing for the story. I was still kind of photographing my connection to this place. Um, so anyways, when I got the contact sheets back and looked at what the photographs were, it just felt like, um, the photographs looked like the way I wanted to write the story, if that makes any sense. So they, they all kind of came from this very, uh, you know, deep connected place. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to say what this place means to me. I think the story does a, a decent job of that, but you know, it's, I think it's less than 3000 words and I could have written significantly more, but given the space that I, I was given, it is what it is. And it's, um, it's, you know, I think the way that it came together is amazing, but what took it all the way home was the design. And, and I really didn't have anything to do with the design. I was too close to the story. So I handed it over to Elias and he showed me what he had done. And um, yeah. And it, look, I mean, I think as a photographer, you know, one of the things that we need is a really good designer who, sees the world the way that we do, or at least sees the story the way that we do. And Elias absolutely took this thing all the way home. And I think it was, you know, his kind of concept on the design that it makes the story complete. Now, Elias, I'm looking at the the initial spread, which welcomes you into this article. And you've got this uh, amazing black and white image, which is this kind of faint shadow of JT standing on, I'm assuming he's standing on the front of a boat with his fishing rod in his hand. It's kind of hard to, to see because it's not a very distinct shadow. And then you've got this band with a single bird flying, a seagull of some description, uh, in color. And then just the back, uh, well, his backside, actually, and back of his knee, and the fly line sort of wrapped around his leg, all in one spread where how did how did does your brain work that you put this together because it's i mean it just as tito was uh articulating i think that as initial spread encompasses the the deep thought and ethos that you get from jt as the story is being told 
Yeah, well, I think uh, any any good designer is trying to design as little as possible. And that's kind of how I approached each story in this uh, publication. I would kind of take the photos and the writing um, and get a feel for them and then try to try to discover like how they were speaking to me and come up with something that fit within the framework of the brand that we'd established. And what really happened here is I just started looking through Tito's photos and they just have so much texture and emotion. Um, and they're so, they're so different than some of the other photos. I mean, we have this incredible story about the Nanettes that was photographed by Jen judged. It's like national geographic quality documentary photos and those don't those don't need anything extra because you just throw those on the page and try not really just try not to mess it up but when I saw Tito's photos I just had this I had this feeling of like what he was trying to accomplish like he said and just the gestures and the way he kind of picked out these little details like that single bird flying um and there's quite a few birds in this actually it it just spoke to me and I I had this idea to start just trying to collage them together because I liked little pieces of each photo. And I was like, hmm, these are really interesting. They could absolutely work on their own, but I want to see what some of them look like if I kind of match them up. And so I just started picking out slices of these images and pairing them based on texture or color, trying to find ways to make them contrast each other and started to land on something that I thought was looking really cool. And so I sent it over to Tito and it was, you know, a little bit with a little bit of trepidation because, you know, like <laughs> Tito's an incredible photographer and, you know, photographs are something that are very, very personal and, and important. I, I, I'm also a photographer. So I know like you don't always want people messing with your photos. So I was, I was a little worried about how he'd react. Cause I was like, I just took these incredible photos you took and just mashed them up and it's sliced, sliced them up, them up. And <laughs> all kinds of weird stuff with them. I hope he likes it. <laughs> And of course, you know, he has such a great eye. I think he immediately understood what I was trying to do and responded like completely positively. And it's like, this is incredible. Keep going. So that was, that really gave me kind of lit the fire under me to really pursue this. And we landed on a lot of these layouts didn't change too much from the first pass, uh, but we didn't have the handwriting in there. And to me, that was one of those little touches that we settled on towards the end that really, I think, kind of brought it all together because that's actually Tito's handwriting. He he wrote descriptions for some of the locations and scanned them, wrote them in, in using his pencils um, that he has. And then I found ways to to work them into the spread. And I think it adds a little bit of a human touch to it that complements the style of photography that he that he came up with. Yeah, it it I think it it complements both the the texture of the photographs and the imagery as you were explaining at the start, which was in your mind as you were doing that initial layout. But I think it also speaks to the, and I know from having read the you know, the article and, and, and done some of the, the editing on it with Tito, it speaks to the authenticity of the article itself. Uh, so I didn't realize that that was something that was added. Was that one of the last additions to the layout was the handwriting? Well, it's the handwriting. Yeah, that was the last thing we did. It was, yeah. Yeah, I think we had all these layouts pretty much as is, and we were looking at them and saying, these, these look great, but it's just there's something missing. And we had the idea of just you know using regular text for some of the captions to kind of add an extra element. And then I can't remember if it was Tito or I, but one of us suggested maybe trying handwriting. And I think we did one test, and as soon as we saw it, we were like, yep, this is it. This is going to do it. So we, we figured out captions for each of the spreads that needed them, and it, it really, I think, was the cherry on top for me at least. Tito, has has JT seen this layout yet? He has seen this layout, yeah. Yeah, he was he was very happy with it. And and 
you know, I'm just to touch on the handwriting thing again. I mean, to me, it was the missing piece because these names mean something to me, the names of these places, you know, I hear them and a, an image comes to mind. Um, and I think those names are, are very important in giving context, even beyond what the photos are. And then the last quote in the story is from one of, you know, the two most inspirational books, at least, you know, for myself that I've ever read. Um, and it's from Peter Matheson's book, Far Tortuga, which to me is, you know, it takes place in the Caribbean, but it's, it's just the way he wrote it and the style that he writes it. I feel that when I'm on the South Texas coast. So getting to include that was a really nice little element. There's an edge of the kind of uh, collaging and detail element of this, putting details over the edge of or to accompany photographs also has a bit of um, a Peter Beard feel to it in, in that, um, in, you know, in some of his work. And it did, did that, when you saw it for the first time, did you think yeah. that, Tito? Because I know, I know that we are both, I mean, we, we are yeah, both I mean, uh, massive fans and he's a big inspiration to a lot of people. But um, I know particularly for you, it's some, a, a person in his work you hold uh, very dear to your heart. Yeah, look, I mean, there, I don't think there's any secret that Peter Beard is a massive influence on me. I don't think I hide my influence as well. And I don't, I don't really try to. I mean, case in point, including Peter Matheson's quote here. Um, I like, you know, kind of paying homage to the, the ones that came before us. And, you know, nothing I think is original. We all take inspirations from everywhere. And so, of course, Peter Beard is a, is a massive influence on me. And um, it's, it, it you know, I think originally I thought that was more of an aesthetic thing um, that was inspiring me. But what I realized is that it's his authenticity that comes through. And uh, that's what I'm really drawn to in photographers. And I think you spend a long time trying to figure out how you want to shoot or how you want to write or how you want your work designed. And uh, until you find it in a way that speaks to who you are, in a very authentic and a very true way, I think you're going to keep looking. And so I feel like I'm starting to get there a little bit. Um, but like I said, working with a designer like Elias, who can interpret what you're seeing and say, look, I understand what you're trying to say here. And then um, they can package it in a way that the reader or the viewer can, can understand that experience. I mean, that's, I think a lot of photographers, you know, will spend a lifetime looking for that counterpart. So I feel very fortunate in that sense. Absolutely. Now, it's it's one of my favorite spreads. This article is one of my favorite spreads, and, and there's so many amazing spreads in, in this volume. So to be able to say that um, really, really puts it up there. But I'm going to move on from this to um, a family tradition of excellence. Elias, holy shit! <laughs> this article, in terms of your design, I remember <laughs> when I saw this for the first time, I was like, oh my, what what have you done here? Because it's it's the whole thing is art and you've you know this is we're talking it's this is about nosler so i mean and it's an incredible story and that the family history of the company and what they've done over time is amazing in itself but for some people an article about ammunition at its core which it, it's more than that but at its very core this is about the manufacture of ammunition and the traditions around it some people might skip over that because it might just not be the kind of thing that they're really into. You know, they might prefer uh, the more conservation-based stuff and and leave behind the ballistics. But you've 
managed to thread, um, I mean, actual hardcore, term, both terminal ballistics and downrange ballistics within the design of this in a way that I defy anybody to look at the spread and not want to delve into it, whether that's your kind of thing or not. How how did you come by this as a as a a process for telling the story? I'm I'm intrigued because I know that I, I told you this at the time. It's like you don't need to change anything, <laughs> um, but I never asked you how you how you sort of put it together in your mind. Yeah, well, this one was really fun because it really started with that opening black and white image of John holding the bullet, and I saw that and it just has such a classic feel to it. It reminded me of like the 1950s. And uh, that sort of set me on a path to create a design that spoke to that era where this where this all started. Um, and it became it actually came together really pretty quickly and easily when I saw the images that I had to work with. Um, and and part of what it came out of is that they had specific terms that they wanted highlighted in the article itself. Um, and that's so I actually created these little infographics based on the specific terms like ballistic coefficient and terminal performance and sectional density. These are all really important terms to what Nosler is all about. And so I was able to take these terms and find ways to creatively work them in and, and make them visually interesting, which was actually pretty easy because you do a Google search on some of those terms and there's either charts or graphs or numbers. And it was like, well, I can just take these things and and create create them as designs on these spreads and work them in an interesting way. And it'll 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 work. I could I could see kind of see it in my head. And then when it all came together on the page, it, I don't know, this one came together pretty easily somehow. I, I can't really describe how, I just, <laughs> just did. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how this came together easily, but it's, uh, it, it really is amazing. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, we're going we're gonna to blow people away with this one when they have a chance to, to lay their eyes on it, which hopefully we're going to be able to do almost ahead of time of people actually even getting the hard copy in their hands. Um, Tito, when you looked at this for the first time, uh, what crossed your mind? The same reaction that you had. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Elias would, a lot of these spreads would start with, you know, hey, Elias, just make a pass on it and then I'll weigh in with whatever, you know, comments I, I can think of. And honestly, on, I think every single one, my comments were, this is awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Elias doesn't really need direction at all. Um, it was more like a sounding board. But when I saw this, it was just like, I'm going to have nothing to say. What could I add to this? Um, <laughs> I was just dumbfounded. And, yeah. and and frankly, I was dumbfounded with almost everything that he put together. So I do think that, you know, the issue across the board is uh, it's, it's taking it a step further and not like necessarily with this uh, flashy design concepts, but very intentional and very authentic design. So like you said, you know, I mean, these aren't just like cool little design concepts that don't actually mean anything. These are, no. you know, the terms are relevant. The the graphics are spot on. So this is really, it's an incredible story. And for me, like, I'm not a person who's really interested in ballistics and things like that. But like you said, just because of the way this story is put together, I wanted to read this story. I want to spend time with it. So yeah, it's it's pretty it's, neat to see what design can do for uh, pulling a reader in. 
and it's it is the simplicity of it. I was going to say, I think Tito landed on something really important there, which is something we talked about a little bit, which is the idea that like we're not designing stuff just to design stuff. Like it's it's fun to do graphics like this, but I'm not doing them just because I want to create something flashy. Like it has to serve the content. And and every story we did in this issue, like we took a, a close look at it and tried to decide like what can we do with this that serves the content because it's not just about creating cool design it's about ultimately it's about presenting stories in a way that interests people and grabs them and i am a little bit of a science nerd and so i think that's probably where some of this design came from is that it was enjoyable for me to think about how much thought goes into these bullets uh, the nozzler creates and what can i do as a designer to bring that that precision out in the layout and in the design and then we also had these incredible archival images mixed with these modern images to work with and really that's what the story is about is is history and modernity kind of meeting well uh, elias i i i couldn't summarize it in any better way myself (laughs) and i think that that's a, a pretty brilliant way to bring this conversation to a close gents thank you very much for joining me and giving all of our listeners an insight into what goes on to put these spreads together. Uh, And it's so much more than the words. It's so much more than the images as they stand alone. It all works in combination with how it's laid out because we're trying to tell stories here. Ultimately, that's the, the, the very core of everything we're doing is telling honest and authentic, meaningful stories. And you need all of those elements to, um, to do it well. And, uh, you know, you've, you both play a, ma- a massive role in that. So thanks for joining me today. Um, it's the end of my day here, so I'm actually going to bed. <laughs> but I hope that you guys uh, have a good rest of your day back in the States. All right, Byron. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Byron. It's a lot of fun. 